Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network. The Best Ever You Show is here to help you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. With this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. And now, here is your host, Elizabeth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best Ever You Show. Thank you so much for listening and sharing the show. We really, really appreciate you all with us. If you're not listening live, we appreciate your free replay clicks and shares. Um, Boy, we are getting close to that 3 million mark. Um, Really cool. Thank you so much. And um, I think more important than me thanking your guests, thank you, because um, you know, everybody who comes onto this show spends between you know, 30 minutes and an hour or more talking about what they love to do and to help you be your best in whatever they're an expert at or what their passion is. And so I'm always excited when we have cool, cool guests. So, you know, everybody's pretty much a cool guest, but, man, this one's like a, the rock star of like, cooking <laughs> or the what did I call you earlier? A movie star. Um, <laughs> this is one of my idols that we're talking to here. We got Meadow Lynn on the phone. Hello, Meadow. How are you? Hi. Wow. What an introduction. How can I? You, you can't see me, but I'm smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> well, I am as well. So I, I am just so excited. I know. Um, uh, you know when I when I first became a Hay House author, they gave me a. Um, a little Christmas gift, and one of your books was in a Christmas gift. And um, I love that book, and it was called The Mystic Cookbook. And ever since that book, I've just been the biggest fan of yours. You just are so peaceful and so – you're just such a love. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a stalker, I promise, <laughs> but I do love you. And um, I do have to see And I do um, just want to just share everything that you have to offer because um, in case somebody's listening that might not have read your books or know who you are, which I doubt, but, you know, we'll give, you know, I always treat people like maybe they haven't heard of, you know, my guests. And um, so I'm, I, should I tell people about you or would you like to tell people about you? Because you've got, go ahead. I'd love to hear you tell people about me. Okay. I will do it. Um, Well, you're the co-author of Quest and the Mystic Cookbook, which I just mentioned. Um, you, this is cool. I didn't know this. You, you received your bachelor's degree from Williams College and your master's degree in French cultural studies from Columbia. That's cool. Um, do you still, do you write a regular column in the Seattle newspaper? Do you do that still? I didn't know. I do. You did yes. That. You do? Yep. Okay. And, and I love your blog, Savor the Day. I picked out a couple things I wanted to ask you about your blog today, but it's got great recipes and stories and it's, it, you kind of take us on your life journey with you. I think that's pretty cool. Like, um, I'll, t- I'll talk about that in a minute. But, but you're also the daughter of Denise Lynn, and, you know, that's got to be a good gig. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun <laughs> being the daughter of Denise Lynn. I like that. And you've been cooking for, for guests and at your mom's retreats for a long time now, and, and you're just a fabulous cook. You've got all this insight. And then um, you're also – okay, I'm going to keep going – but you are you also taught school. That's really cool. Elementary school and high school for years and years. Um, well, and you lived in Europe. And you've done oh, you've done all these cool things. What's in, in in your background? What are you most proud of, or what do you want to? Do you know what I mean? What What do you love most about you? <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> wow, that's a big question. <laughs> 
Well, we get started, you know, we love ourselves, right? Yeah, Yeah, there's so many different things that, um, you know, I am really proud of and that I I love. And, you know, you mentioned the Mystic Cookbook. That was a big undertaking, and I am really proud of the the finished product and what we ended up, photographs in the book, as well as creating the recipes, and then my mom and I co-wrote the text. So it was really a complete, you know, labor of love, and so that is something I'm definitely really proud of. Yeah, I, I think I connected so well with that book, and I know a lot of people in my audience. I shared that book with a lot of people in my audience at the time. Um, a lot of my audience, um, we have food allergies, terrible, terrible food allergies. I know I have anaphylaxis uh, myself to peanuts and um, all nuts, fish, and shellfish, four things that I got after having um, my second baby. And um, so there's some really neat things about what you talk about that uh, that apply to people who, you know, food isn't necessarily making them feel so well. It you is true. We often, we often look at food as simply nutrients and or as fuel, and we're missing this key component. You know, and every day you can open social media or a magazine or a newspaper, and we're bombarded with information about what to eat. You know, there's always these new superfoods or this is going to be the best thing ever for you. And often a few years down the road, we find out that times have changed and the thing that was the best thing for you is now the thing that's vilified. <clears throat> Excuse me. But one of the things that seems to be missing in a lot of this information about food is how to eat. It's so much about what to eat and it's putting this emphasis on food as fuel and nutrition and medicine, which is very, very important. But also there's this other component about how to eat and that love and that energy and that joy and slowing down and eating mindfully and doing so as a process. So I love the expression, eat what you love and love what you eat. And when I say that to myself, it reminds me to notice how I'm feeling because there's some things that I love to eat because it just tastes so good but I don't feel that well afterwards. And there's other things that I don't love to eat, but I feel great afterwards. But then that's out of balance as well. So it's finding that balance of the foods that I love and the ones that make me feel really alive and vital. And I think we often miss that. There's an interesting study, and I am getting around to your question about allergies. No, no, it's all good. um, (laughs) There was an interesting study done at the University of Pennsylvania in the psychology department where they asked a group of women to give, a group of American women to give a one-word description of chocolate cake. And can you guess what the American women said? <laughs> oh, I don't oh, even want to guess. Oh, I don't you. think that came to mind. <laughs> fattening. Yeah. What guilt. is it? Fat, yes. Guilt. guilt. Yeah, fattening. But, yeah, fattening. You could, so often in America we tend to assign judgment, emotional value to food. And the truth is no food is good or bad. There are, you know, there are certain things that are better for us and elements, but it's, a lot of it has to do with this judgment that we assign to it. They asked the same question of a group of French women, and the French women said celebration, that mm-hmm. they saw the cake as something you eat when you're celebrating. So it had to do with community and conviviality and joining together. And, you know, we've seen those books, French women don't get fat or whatever those books are. And, you know, and there's a lot of different factors that lead into that kind of uh, that idea of um, 
you know, the French mystique or whatever. I'm losing my words, what they call it, but, or the French paradox. But, um, you know, one of them is this idea of celebration. Eating, you know, rather than eating cake, which we tend to do here in the U.S., we can, doesn't mean we don't eat it, but as we're eating it, we're feeling so guilty. <laughs> and, and rather than eating it in a sense of joy and eating with others to celebrate something, so we, we're eating it, we're not, not eating it, but we're feeling guilty. And actually those feelings of guilt or stress or whatever those kind of quote-unquote negative emotions are can elevate our cortisol, which is our stress hormone, and it sends these kind of negative messages to our hypothalamus and our digestion. We actually don't digest the food as well, and we absorb more of the quote-unquote bad um, bad stuff in the food. So I find it so fascinating, this kind of emotional connection to our food. But when we do slow down and savor and we celebrate that you can eat some of those foods that we would say, oh, they're so bad, and do so in a state of joy but in a sense of celebration. Because often, you know, you know, kale. Kale's the new big thing. Everybody loves kale. Not um, me. But there are, yeah, <laughs> I and I love it. But, I but see, exactly. It. So there are people then who are like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. But you're forcing yourself because, well, they tell me it's good. I have to put it in my smoothie. I have to put it in my smoothie. Oh, oh, it's so bitter. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, and then it's probably not that good for you because either your body doesn't, like it because maybe there's something in it that doesn't react well with your body or the whole time you're eating it you're thinking ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> and then you're no longer eating Ew. in a state of joy <laughs> well, I'm glad I chose an example of something you don't like so you understand <laughs> I get it completely I've been, but, I've been it's probably a 50-50 audience on that one too people are like I love it and other people are like I've never heard of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever but Returning to your questions about allergies and um, anaphylaxia, it's interesting. I actually have a gluten and dairy intolerance, and I was diagnosed probably about seven years ago or so now. And for me, so what came late in life is for you with your um, allergies, which after the birth of your son. Um, Yep. But it... um, for me because I actually just recently quit my teaching job as you mentioned I was a school teacher I taught French to devote myself full time to cooking and sharing recipes and I thought how can I continue I just quit my job and now the things that I love to eat you know I used to like to bake my own bread and make pizza with homemade cheese (laughs) it had completely affected my identity and I went through a grieving process. But in the end, I actually discovered it was a huge boon for a number of reasons. One, it made me much more sympathetic and empathetic <laughs> to um, other people dealing with sensitivities and allergies. And it also put me on a path of learning more about good food and health and nutrition and what our bodies react to. And it also made my recipes more unique because I most of them, they're all gluten-free and most of my recipes are dairy-free. So there was a number, once I went through that kind of grieving process, I realized there were a number of benefits. And having a sensitivity obviously is different than the anaphylaxia that you have, which is very serious. And it is interesting, we mentioned in the very end of the Mystic Cookbook, there is a section on kind of our changing food systems and a lot of allergies, which is 
the body's reaction to a protein. And a protein, you know, in the kind of chemistry sense rather than the, you know, I'm having my steak sense of protein. That, um, and with the, there's been a correlation between the rise in GMOs and the rise of allergies because genetic modification is generally where a foreign protein is introduced to a food or removed. You know, they'll put a protein from another type of plant or another animal into that food to give it longer storage life or brighter color. And so there tends to be, if you look at the statistics, uh, there is a huge, I think it's like a thousand percent, um, you know, don't quote me on that number, but um, increase in emergency room visits for children with anaphylaxia starting around oh, the yeah. exact time, time period that GMOs were introduced. And peanuts is a common allergy, and there is a connection between peanuts and soybeans, which would make sense because they're both legumes, and soybeans tend to be genetically modified. And so there's been a cross, like our body is cross-referencing kind of the, um, I don't know, I'm not very scientific, but um, and we get not it. recognize that foreign protein in the peanut. And so that's why, you know, now there are, so many more children than when I was growing up who have severe allergies. So, you know, there are many people who have equal statistics to say that there is no correlation with GMOs. But it does seem interesting to me that these allergies and sensitivities seem to be rising at the same time that we are changing our food. And I have a gluten intolerance, and that a lot of it has been attributed to the um, the the increase in the protein in wheat, that the protein is what makes wheat nice and elastic, gives you that fluffy bread, because traditional ancient breads, they were dense, and they took days to ferment. And so two reasons. The wheat had less protein, so our body was reacting less to that hybridized protein, but also there was a slow fermentation process. Now the um, with the chemical uh, rapid fermenting, there isn't time for the proteins to break down as they did in traditional bread. So there's a number of different reasons why uh, science is showing that there is this rise in gluten intolerance. But anyway, I've gotten off on a large tangent. Um, <laughs> and you can see I'm, yeah. I'm passionate about both the specifics of our food, but also kind of the energy and the magic that goes into it that often is, is lost, that, that act of favoring our meals. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why you're so special to me is when that um, and, and the and the book is very special to me is because that was when I got your book it was one of the first times really where I stopped being so mad at food. Um, I talk a lot about um, being angry um, with having had food allergies and so forth until um, my father had a stroke, and it when you know when when my father had a stroke he was you know, doing all these amazing things to stay alive and all this stuff, and I stopped feeling sorry for myself at, at seeing, you know, through that struggle and so forth. I'm paraphrasing that quite a bit. But, um, you know, you still continue, even though you've got past, you know, the major, like, victim point, you know, where you're like, oh, woe mm-hmm. is me. There's still these pockets where you're like, you know, I can't behave quite right in a social setting. Um, I can't go, you know, I live in Maine. I can't go, you know, over to Linda Beans and have a giant lobster. I can't, you know, there's a lot of things I can't do, 
but what I've learned is to sort of flip that over and discover there's a lot of things I there's a lot more I actually can do, and maybe not all of it centers around food and all that social thing, but you're right, you know. I love the way your book celebrates the way you eat, what you eat, how you eat. And I love the fact that you also bring a light about the light about gluten and dairy allergies as well because those are really real allergies and so many people sort of poo-poo them like they're not real, they're made up, they're this LA fad, oh people don't really have gluten intolerance or dairy, it's just like a choice they make. And I will tell you those items in food really do make people very ill. Um, and so while they may not be full-blown anaphylaxis where, you know, you're fighting for your breath and life in the hospital, they can, those, I, that, those ingredients in food can make you very chronically ill. Well, yeah, you you're right. There, I do, there are so, you know, and actually, as you said, I went through this very similar type of grieving process and frustration and anger and, and social Socially, it's very difficult to not be able to eat everything. And I'd always identify yeah. myself as somebody who was so easygoing and I can go get a hot dog at one place and then a fancy meal somewhere else and then a street taco, you know, be really, you know, then grab a kale salad, you know, and be really That's who I used to be as well. I mean, I could eat anything. I never even thought, I, I didn't even know food allergies existed. And, um, Anything, you know, same thing. Go eat everything, everywhere. Never had a problem. Um, and, and and it was amazing that when so my my parents had <clears throat> tested positive for gluten and dairy intolerance, and for my dad it was really life changing. For years he'd never really felt well, and he he tried everything, and he kept food journals, and he'd cut out red wine, or he'd cut out meat, or you know, all different things, and then he tested for the gluten and dairy intolerance, and it really, it completely changed his life. He said, I will never eat gluten again because I know how bad I felt and how great I feel now. And for him, I mean, it really, it changed. And even as a kid, he had psoriasis. And even then, before there was any knowledge of this, his doctors had suggested taking him off wheat, which was really strange in the 50s that they even had thought about that. So his parents had taken him off wheat for a while for the psoriasis, but um, but it wasn't until, you know, his 50s, maybe his late 50s, when he cut it out completely, and it was life-changing. So then it does tend to run in families, so I got tested. I put it off for a while, <laughs> but, um, yeah. and I felt like I was then asymptomatic, so I didn't have that dramatic awakening like my dad did, but now over the years, and I look back, I see photographs of myself, and I actually look different. I can see the kind of puffiness, the round kind of moon face and old pictures of myself, and I have a herniated disc in my back, and a friend just mentioned this to me recently, and I'd never even thought of it, that it um, it's much better. I mean, I still have to be really careful, and, but she said, you know, it's inflammation, and she had had a herniated disc as well, and hers got much better after uh, going off gluten. And I never thought about it. I thought it had, and it still may, I thought it happened about the same time that getting better, that I had left teaching, so I thought I'm not sitting in my car as much, I'm not, you know, I'm not commuting, I'm working from home. But I think there is a strong correlation with that, too, that suddenly, oh, my back doesn't hurt as much. I can be active. And I had thought I was relegated to a life of back pain. So it is really amazing, you know, and I like kind of looking at it from both sides. You know, you have this very, like, specific, okay, I can and cannot eat these things, but now how do I find joy 
in the things that I can eat. And I loved what you said about realizing there it's hard socially and you couldn't go out and get a lobster at your local lobster pound. But at the same time, once you kind of go through that grieving process, realizing that there is so much joy to be found in focusing on what you can eat and so many recipes. And I do it too because it's what, what marketing is looking for, but focus on what something doesn't have. This is sugar-free, dairy-free, gluten-free, nut-free, and it puts the focus on what it doesn't have. And I love being able to put the focus on what things do have and being able to put that joy into that and, you know, eat something because it tastes delicious, not because it doesn't have X, Y, or Z. So that's always my goal. You know, what's delicious? What gives me joy? What makes me feel good? And it feels good mind, body, and spirit, too, because if we're eating things that aren't in alignment with our beliefs or in alignment with our health needs, that can cause some havoc. Yeah. What's what's one of your favorite recipes? And I don't know, you don't have to tell me, the, like, all the ingredients, but, you know, if you were going to say, you know, these these are my two go-to recipes that, and, you know, or something like that, do you, do you have anything like that that you just stand by every day or that you just absolutely love? Gosh, I sometimes, I know this is kind of a pat answer, but I sometimes feel like it's like being asked, like, which is my favorite child? <laughs> um, yeah, I, don't answer this then, because I've yeah. got four kids. I can't answer that. <laughs> you know, I have so many recipes that I love, and it really, it changes day to day. And part of what I love about creating recipes and catering and teaching cooking is that it allows, for me, it's a creative outlet. So I, I rarely make the same thing again. I oh, do when cool. I'm catering. I have I have set recipes I do when I'm catering because I've done it for 20 years and it is helpful <laughs> to do the same things. But for me, it's really an artistic expression. And so I love, I some people would think I'm crazy, but I love going to the grocery store, the farmer's market, and just seeing what inspires me in that moment and then going home and turning it into something. But um, but for others who don't function that way, I um I I also love creating recipes to share with people so they have specific things to follow and know what to purchase at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah well, it's funny because I was like I was like I wonder if her response will be like the green smoothie in the morning every day is a must or something like that. Oh um, no, I can't buy not like a. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I'm actually not a huge smoothie in the morning person. I love the idea of a smoothie, but I'm the kind of person I actually, I really like to chew my food. <laughs> so, for, <laughs> so actually one of my favorite breakfasts, which is one I do make a lot, and I actually did a live stream on Hay House Recipe Pages um, few, probably last month on it as well, is I love sauteing vegetables, and then I can poach slash fry an egg on top. And that is one of my go-to breakfasts. And I usually keep organic frozen vegetables, frozen spinach, frozen asparagus, frozen artichoke hearts. Um, what else? Uh, they eat, at Trader Joe's, I can even get frozen wild mushrooms. And I love sauteing a combination of those, sometimes with sun-dried tomatoes or cherry tomatoes. Or I use fresh baby kale. And then I crack an egg or two on top and I put a lid on it so the top kind of steams. And that is one of my go-to breakfasts. I love having the protein of the eggs, which really helps me feel kind of stable in the morning. And then the vegetables. I try not to eat as many carbohydrates these days. I feel that I feel better when I cut back on sugars. 
And so the vegetables really, um, it's such a, I feel so light and fresh in the morning. So that is one of my favorite kind of easy recipes that I make almost every morning. And then since you I did ask, my, my current favorite recipe, and this is actually a recipe I just also did on Hay House Recipes as a live stream video, is paleo maple pumpkin muffins. And they are so easy. You put eggs and raw cashews and pumpkin with maple syrup as a sweetener into the blender, blend it all together, and then pour it into a muffin tin, and it makes most amazing, light and airy, almost souffle-like pumpkin muffins. And I top them with pumpkin seeds, so they have a little bit of crunch, and they are so good and so easy. So that is my current favorite. <laughs> that sounds must. good. I can't <laughs> eat that because of the nuts, but it no. sounds so good. Um, I have a question, and I don't know if you can answer this or not, and if you can't, just say, you know, pass. But people with food allergies, I'm going to go back. I'm I'm doing one more food allergy question, then we'll move on. People with food allergies to nuts, for example, cashews Mm -hmm. or peanuts or whatever it is, um, so many recipes have that in them as like their, you know, your go-to food. And I get it. You know, before I had this, I I was the person who was eating all that stuff, you know, by the handfuls. I love nuts. when you can't eat that a specific food and it and it is something that somebody says, Oh, this is such a great food, it's so healthy, it's so this, it's so that do you have anything you can like say substitute cashews for in that recipe that somebody with food allergies could eat where it isn't gluten it's, and it isn't nuts? But still you come out with this good, awesome Good question. And it's something I need to it's such a good question. It's something I need to research more. Um, often seeds are replaced, you know, sunflower seeds, soy nuts, I know are used as replacements. I have not tried them in my paleo recipes, and I don't know. They, the flavor is stronger. But it's such a good question. It's something that I would like to experiment with more because, in, you know, it, it's challenging now. I have a friend with nut allergies, oh, and she said it's actually harder now than it used to be because now nuts are in things that you wouldn't expect them to be. And I never even put two and two together. For instance, a muffin. You wouldn't necessarily normally see a pumpkin muffin and think, oh, I have to ask if it has nuts in it instead of flour. But now she said it's it's really scary, actually. So it is something for all of us to be aware of that, um, you know, now as we are getting more creative in our cooking, that it also can um, have life... Uh, Life-threatening implications, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, but the, you know, the other thing too is that so many, like I love to, I love to, I get this notion in my head like, oh, I'll go find sunflower seeds and I'll find pumpkin seeds. I know I'm not allergic to those two things. And then we, I go to the store and I'm just frustrated beyond frustrated because all of the packaging is this was made in a facility with tree nuts and peanuts or it's, do you know what I mean? Or that that material is right next to the peanuts, so you don't know if it's been cross-contaminated, that kind of thing. And so it, it's, it's sometimes, my point is, it's sometimes hard to eat so beautifully healthy and in a way that you would want to, and then that brings up all of those feelings again. You know, like if all your friends were going out for ice cream, you'd be like, oh, man, you know, I want to go. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it brings up all those feelings of like, oh, I suck. I can't eat that. I can't do that, you know. Do you have any, do you do like the spiritual and the mental and the all that that goes with it? Yeah, it can be so challenging. And so, I mean, I and I don't have the same 
challenges that you do with anaphylaxia, you know, different type of allergy. But um, so, for instance, I was dating a guy who was really into craft beer. And there's not really gluten-free craft beer. (laughs) I, you know, I miss being, same sort of thing, I miss being able to go out and do that. And so I decided that either this was something he was going to do on his own or there was, I could do it with him. So I knew that it would be more fun for him to have me with him. And, um, and so I decided to make it fun for me too. So I went with him and I would try to help pick out breweries that seemed interesting or ones that maybe did have something that I could drink or, you know, that would be an experience. And then every time he ordered a beer, I would smell it. <laughs> oh, no. But so I that way that. I got, I was able to get the experience and I, he was able to have my company and it became something that we could do together. So, so you know, there's sometimes there's doing that. There's other times not <laughs> doing it at all. And there's ways of looking at it as a spiritual quest, you know, that yeah. this is not something that I'm able to do, but I am journeying through this and this is part of my spiritual journey i don't know if that's a great answer but um, oh well i i really appreciate you going off on this path with me for a minute we're going to get back on track to to your websites and all these cool events you have coming up but the reason why this is important is because i love your book gosh excuse me and um you know i i co-own the food allergy zone with a man who lost his son to food allergies and um, so, and I'm a spokesperson for um, FACT, which is the Food Allergy and Anaphylaxis Network. And so I really would love to be able to share this show with that whole group of people and have them listen in and, you know, and hear that life is, you know, life has got some positive in it. Because it can be really frustrating to be a parent of a toddler and they're allergic to nuts and you're fearing for their life and when they go to kindergarten and, you know, all, all these things, food. I can't even imagine what that would be like. I think that would no, be so I, scary. I can't either. I, I knock on wood every day that, you know, my kids don't have it and I do because I can't imagine um, that stress. And I have so, many people, <laughs> I so many people just um, to have an allergy, you have to be so vigilant because even people who are really aware just sometimes don't think. But, yeah. you know, so often I've gone to a restaurant and I've gone through carefully the menu with the waiter, waitress, and then – you know, we've specially chosen a salad that didn't have gluten or dairy, and then it comes with a piece of bread on top. You know, and it's, and it's I get it. Somebody's yeah. not thinking, and so it can be really scary. And you are then constantly being vigilant, and it can take a lot of the fun away from food. And so I think it is important to find other rituals with food that make it fun, community-oriented, and meaningful. That um, because it could, it can be something that begins to be a chore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for those of you listening, Meadow's website is meadowlin.com, M-E-A-D-O-W-L-I-N-N.com. And then she's got this cool blog called savertheday.com. We talked about um, the Mystic Cookbook. We love that book. <laughs> and I want to ask you a question about your blog, but first I want to talk about your online program coming up. You, you've got this, post a link to this program at the bottom of the show, and I'll also post it on besteveryou.com with kind of a recap of the show and links to Meadows' websites and book. But online program, 21 Days to Savor Your Life. It's October 29th through November 18th. 
what does that so it's meadowlin.com slash events with meadow what's an online program um, how do you sign up for that what does it give you every day is it you live or taped or how does that work I'm so excited for this program. It's going to be, it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And so we are going to be spending the 21 days creating the new habit of savoring our lives. Because when you savor your meals, when you savor just the rate, you know, kind of day-to-day of your life, you begin to savor your life more fully. So there will be 21 days worth of activities. One activity might be um, – for instance, going out with your iPhone or whatever kind of photographic device you have and photographing something that represents joy or something that represents gratitude as a way to start to see the world differently. Another activity may be um, painting or drawing the feeling you want in your future life or your current life. You know, there's often focus on the future, but say you really want a relationship. Well, what does it feel like to have a relationship? You don't need to be an artist. It's just feel that feeling, what comes up for you, you know, putting on nice music, lighting candles, and painting that feeling. So we'll be doing a number of different exercises to activate joy, abundance, creating an abundance consciousness that often we think of abundance as simply what's in our bank account. But some of the most abundant-minded people I know have the least amount of money. And I know other people with lots of money who have zero abundance consciousness. Zero gratitude abundance. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be doing exercises to activate that abundance consciousness and ignite vitality and health. And so there will be recipes and activities, daily inspiration, some um, inspirational songs to get you grooving, get that. um, And I'm going to be doing it too along with everybody so that I will favor my life more fully as well. And then also there will be three private coach or three group coaching sessions. So every week everybody doing the program, and it will be an intimate group, so there will be a lot of personal connection. We'll get together and we'll do a coaching session. There will be a Facebook group so that there's ongoing support. And then um, as a special bonus, you also get a one-on-one coaching session with me too. And um, I'm just, I'm so excited. (laughs) What's so So neat? So there's information on my website and it does say that the early bird price ends today, but um, but for your listeners, I'll do a special, I'm going to extend the early bird price so they'll have a little bit more time. Oh, good. Okay, very cool. And um, how, for somebody, okay, so we also have this, you know, everybody's different. For somebody who has anxiety or is afraid to do this or, you know, it's totally new, something they've never done before, um, how do you get somebody to feel so, you know, comfortable enough to click that link and go, okay, I'm going to do this? Do you have any advice for people? Because I know that <laughs> I know that is one of the one of the stumbling blocks of doing things online or in person. People have fear. And anxiety, probably. You know, I think it really depends on the person. For some people, and I'm like this, I need a lot of information. Before I, you know, I'm a Libra. <laughs> I like to, so am I. I, I like to <laughs> I think info. about my decisions a lot. Before. My mom's an Aries, so she just does them and then thinks later. I spend a long time contemplating. So for some people, it's information. <laughs> You know, so on my web for you know for this program, I tried to put a lot of information about the program on the website, but also I'm you know I try to make myself available for questions because some people just need that extra information, the reassurance, and um, 
you know, and sometimes that's the first step of a program like this is is being willing to push past that fear and that nervousness and that shyness and that's the first step to um, moving forward. But it can be so scary. And as you mentioned, I um, I write a blog, and I started doing that, gosh, I think seven years ago now. And a lot of people now comment on how um, they love how vulnerable I am in the blog. And what's funny is that is not my natural state vulnerability. But through <laughs> but <laughs> but through that process of writing it, I have become increasingly comfortable being vulnerable, sharing openly what's really going on with me. And I would have never gotten to that place if I hadn't clicked that button that first time and created my um, my blog profile. So sometimes it is just jumping in and moving forward and seeing where it takes you. And, you know, I, I can't, you know, I could never have imagined I would be here when I started my blog seven years ago that, um, you know, and to the level of vulnerability that I am at now where it would have horrified me that I would have shared openly about the things that I share openly about now. But it is, it's been a really powerful blog before we went on and I was expecting this, like, you know, perfectly worded, like, Hay House author, like, no vulnerability at all kind of blog, you know, because I, I, I don't do a lot. Sometimes I don't do a lot online with reading other people's things, and I've been reading your blog. And um, I'm, I, it's a thing I'm going to do more of in 2017, by the way. I've got it. I'm going to read other people's blogs way more than write my own. So I clicked on this blog of yours, and I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading and it goes and I'm scared shitless and I'm like, did she just say that? <laughs> she just said she's scared shitless. <laughs> and I just was like, oh my god, are Hay House authors allowed to say we're scared shitless? We are, aren't we? It, it's okay <laughs> to like admit you're scared shitless, right? It it totally is. It was so and, funny, you know, and that that's been a learning curve for me. And like you know, as I said, I had to push past that fear, but as a result, I've been able to connect with so many more people and. Things in my personal and professional life have changed simply by being willing to put myself out there and take that scary leap and share from the heart. So for anyone thinking like, oh, my God, I don't know about jumping in, having group coaching sessions, signing up for an online class. Exactly. You know, maybe it's not the time, but maybe it's the time to push past that fear and, you know, see where, where it will take you. Yeah, and you pushed back a huge thing. I know when we talked about a year ago, you and I, like, I made a, we made crisscross moves. Like, I moved from California to Maine, and you moved, I can't remember where you moved from, but you moved from there to California. You weren't in Maine, though, were you, or do you know me? I can't remember what your connection to Maine I is. I used to live, I lived in Maine, but um, a long time ago. Yeah. But, yeah, I, yeah, I made a big move um, last November, so. Yeah, but we, you know, we crisscrossed. And I remember you were like, I don't know what's going to happen. And <laughs> I made... Uh, yeah, and I made a move like that um, back, oh, gosh, it was a long time ago now, almost 20 years ago now, um, where I left my – I was raised in Iowa and Minnesota, and I was living in Minnesota at the time. My parents, my families, my ten brothers, my family, my not family, family, <laughs> my ten brothers and sisters, and everybody was living in Minnesota, and I was like, okay, I'm getting a divorce, and I'm moving to California, and I'm getting remarried, and, oh, and by the way, I'm pregnant. <laughs> You know, kind of thing. And my family was like, what? Kind of thing. And I think people, what I'm getting to is, I think people appreciate a little chaos because nobody's life is perfect. 
it's much easier to relate to somebody who has also experienced some of the things that you're experiencing. Yeah. And I've learned that from my mom that, you know, she had a really difficult childhood. And for years I felt like, how can I have empathy because I didn't have pain and challenges. But truth is I have my own day-to-day ups and downs. And by being vulnerable and sharing that, people are like, yeah, I've experienced that too. And it puts you on, you know, it connects you in ways that, you know, it's hard when someone always seems perfect. You know? <laughs> it's hard to yeah. really believe what they're saying. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I know. I get it completely. And But I like that you've I like that you've tied that into um, healthy healthy eating and the Mystic Cookbook and all of these recipes and everything because sometimes when life isn't so perfect, people head for the pizza and and the ice cream and the everything that you're not supposed to eat, and it creates this. Do you think Do you think it creates it, like this ball of ah, stress and bad cycle and oh. It, it can, and when you're eating food in a stressed way like that, as I was saying in the beginning, that actually affects your digestion and the absorption of the, the nutrients. But my other view on that is, too, if you're going to be sad, you know, have the best sad day possible. If you're going to, you know, gorge on pizza and ice cream, then love the heck out of it. Enjoy every bite because the challenge comes is when we do it mindlessly. But if you're just going, you know, you're have that pizza and enjoy it. Oh my God, it's the best tasting thing ever. And then, you know, and then have kale the next day, <laughs> and and enjoy the kale is <laughs> the best tasting thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree. I I completely agree. Let me see. What, I don't even know what time it is. Hang on, just a minute. We gotta go. I've kept you so long. Um, so metalin.com, savertheday.com. You've got this cool um, 21 days to savor your life online program. You've got a couple other things coming up. I'm just going to quickly mention them, like um, cruise into spirit. If there's a cruise, you're taking a you. That's not even fair. <laughs> October 15th through the 22nd, you're cruising into spirit.com is where you can find that information. But what is that? Really fast. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's a Caribbean cruise with about 30 different spiritual New Age, mind, body, spirit speakers, including Lisa Williams, Denise Lynn, Kim Russo. She's got a Lifetime show and a bunch of others, and Meadow Lynn. And I'm going to be teaching yeah, about the Lynn. secret alchemy of food and doing a cooking demonstration of some of my favorite recipes. So that's really that exciting. That sounds so much fun. I, I would th- I'm hoping there's a health club on board or you guys park the boat and – <laughs> go walk yeah. a little bit or something. It could be the cruise where you, everybody gains 30 pounds. It's all food. That sounds so much fun, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess it's not all food, though, is it? It's a, it's all mind, body, spirit people. I guess I kind of got that wrong just there. Would that be funny? Like, can you imagine taking a cruise with, like, all chefs? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Sorry, I got totally screwed that up. But can you imagine that cruise? Be like, I can't eat anymore. Anyway, oh gosh. Okay, so cruiseindespirit.com. That's not all chefs. October fifteenth through the twenty second, and then you're going to be adding a Southeast Asian Weekend Workshop, November eleventh through the thirteenth. Where's that, and what is that? That sounds cool. 
that is in Los Angeles, and I'm working out the details this weekend. Actually, I'm going to be doing some reconnaissance, but hopefully, provided all works out well, we are going to be visiting a Thai Buddhist temple that also has a food court with traditional foods, like kind of food trucks, pop-up tents, and a Vietnamese Taoist temple in Chinatown, and also visiting Thai Town all here in Los Angeles. And then also we'll be doing weekend of uh, cooking classes to learn how to cook those foods as well. So we'll be eating in local restaurants and then learning how to make it as well. And that's limited to just a very small group, four to six people. And so um, that's not yet on my website, but it will be up soon. I'm really excited for that. Oh, yeah, what a blast. All right, I'll keep everybody updated with everything you've got going on. Do your best every year. Do your best every year. And thank you. thank you for your great sense of humor. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for telling me all about your cool stuff and your, your books and a little insight into your life. I love your blog, and um, I'm going to keep reading, too, by the way. I, I, I'm going back, though. I started at the top. I'm going to click back and, and look at all the blogs. It's pretty neat. Can I use any of those on besteveryou.com? Do you ever let people mooch your blog and post it elsewhere, or do you want it all in just your own spot? Yeah, sure. It would be an honor and pleasure. Oh, yeah, okay. just email me. I can send you what you need. Okay, I would love to do that. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Much love. I appreciate you being thank here. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. I wish everybody a delicious day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, take care, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. com. everybody. She's awesome. <laughs> take care. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at besteveryou.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.